Welcome in, pro wrestling enthusiasts, to a very special Getting the Bucks Pro Wrestling Podcast, the GorillaPosition.com, and a Hameen Media Group crossover episode. Wow, talk about worlds colliding. Anyway, the WWE Universe prepares to witness history as for the first time ever, seven men will compete in a single elimination chamber match. In another historic first, six women will enter demonic structure. Two big chamber matches plus Ronda Rousey officially becomes a WWE superstar. This is your WWE Raw Elimination Chamber event preview. My name is Rick Vickery and I am joined by two absolute consummate professionals. First, in the 702, they call him the pit boss. He is usually sitting here in the dealer's seat, but wanted to shake it up and roll the dice for this episode. He is Michael Jargo. How are you, sir? Check it out, man. You throwing out the Vegas references and everything. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I am Mr. Jargo. I'm going to I'm gonna be your resident uh, in-house uh, step-on-your-dreams squasher for the day. Now, also joining us, also joining us, a true traditionist and a beacon of journalistic integrity. He is the chief and editor of thegrillposition.com. He is Mr. Ryan K. Bowman. Ryan, great to have you back with us. It's always good to be with you guys, gentlemen. I want to say it's always a pleasure to work with a top-notch broadcaster and you, Rick. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. Low blows already. Uh, cheap shots coming at, coming my way. Get in all those buzzwords there, Huckleberry. Get them all in. Uh, gentlemen, we got six big matches slated for the Elimination Chamber event. Uh, before we dive into all that action, you know, I'd, I'd like to let all of our listeners know or invite them to stick around after uh, our little roundtable here for a very special This Week in Pro Wrestling History uh, with our good friend Paul Arzola. Uh, so you want to make sure that after we wrap up here to stick around, I think, Jugger, what's he going to be looking at? I, I know you worked with him on this project. It is the history of the Elimination Chamber. We actually found the audio as well of the very first Elimination Chamber promo that outlines not only the match, but the demonic structure that at least was the Elimination Chamber versus what has now become the Elimination Chamber. There we go, man. That it sounds amazing. Something to look forward to. Hope everyone sticks around for that. It was, you know, we're running down this card. We're going to mix it up. You know, we're going to look at some some of the marquee matches and kind of fill it in in the blanks there with the undercard. We're going to jump right in. It's history in the making. The evolution pushes forward as six women. You know, look, they're they're looking to make history again here. It's the women's elimination chamber. Now I got a couple questions here for you guys. You know, number one. Uh, we've never seen a woman step inside the chamber before. So how are these six competitors, how are they preparing for this match? I mean, what's their mindset? Well, I'm guessing Sasha's watching some film. I'm guessing Bailey's hugging a teddy bear. 
I'm guessing Absolution is uh, watching some old page footage, if you know what I mean. Um, I'm guessing Alexa Bliss is uh, probably hanging out with Nia Jax, maybe taking Enzo some chicken soup. How you doing? Um, yeah, I, I imagine it's probably just, you know, a pretty chill atmosphere backstage today. I think Little Miss Bliss is preparing for her star turn in the Elimination Chamber. I think, I, I really believe that we're going to see her and Asuka. And, and I think we're going to get more out of that at WrestleMania than anybody really believes. I, I think I think she's evolved into a great champion. And I think that uh, I think that she's going to prove that in the chamber. Now, you see, it is every woman for themselves here. But what's kind of been interesting in the build to this match, you know, we've seen some alliances being formed. You know, obviously, you have the two best friends in Sasha and Bailey. You have Absolution, who is under the guidance of Paige. They're going to be working together. And then recently, you know, Alexa Bliss, you know, realizing that, you know, this numbers game, other people kind of partnering up. She has reached out to Mickey James and it appears that they might be on the same page. And I'm going to kick it to you first here, Ryan. Do you think these alliances are going to affect the outcome of this match? I think obviously you have the Absolution Alliance and you have uh, I, I, everybody keeps looking for that, that the other shoe to drop between Sasha and Bailey. And I think if it's ever going to happen, it will be at the Elimination Chamber, I think, in the heat of battle. So at this point, and I think you'll both agree, we've seen it. uh, You know, they say it in storyline, and we've seen as it's played out, um, alliances mean nothing in the Elimination Chamber. And particularly um, this year, I think we're going to see a lot of, as I've said to you guys off the air, I think we're going to see a lot of things unfold tomorrow night that are going to lead us into WrestleMania. I think we're going to see a lot of a lot of changes, uh, maybe a couple turns, um, but I think we uh, we need to fasten our seatbelts for tomorrow night. Now, Jargo, let me let me throw it your way for just a twist on that question. I mean, we we assume you know Absolution they are abs- they are absolutely on the same page. Now there has been some question, you know, what what's going on between the two best friends, you know, Bailey and Sasha, and then you also have this this new duo in Mickey and Bliss with those two uh, groups that I mentioned on the back end there. Sasha Bailey, Bliss, Mickey, who do you think who can trust more out of those two pairings? I mean, were we going to see a more of an explosion between the best friends or this new alliance? Well, I was actually just sitting here thinking and looking at, because I have three sets of two here in front of me. I have Rosen DeVille, Sasha Bailey, Mickey, and Alexa. And I think of the three pairs, Mickey and Alexa is probably the strongest pair at this point. I mean, we, we have the obvious tension going on with Sasha and Bailey. And then Absolution, Mandy Rose has been focused on the mix match challenge with Gold Dust. That doesn't include Sonya Deville, so they're obviously, you know, not not necessarily on the same page, if you know what I'm saying. So I think really, you know, the 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 team that I'm looking forward to the most here is gonna be Mickey and Alexa Bliss. Which I think that you between the two of them, you've got what, eight time women's champions? We've seen Alexa forge some uh, friendships and then immediately turn. She could completely cement her heel status if she screws Mickey at the Elimination Chamber. So you got to look for that, too. Right. You know, with those two, you also have that that strange dynamic with the other two sets where they actually do believe they are friends. With these two, they know that it's a necessity that they support one another, but they're also looking over their shoulder. So, So that might give them an edge there. I'm very intrigued to see how this thing plays out tomorrow. You know, then again, you know, they've been telling the story going forward that we could have alliances, but that could all go out the window. You know, if, if Sasha's the first one in that chamber and Bailey's the last one to enter, and Sasha's already gone, then Bailey's on her own. 
You, know, you always have that that's going to come into play. My fear in this match, knowing that we're going away from the brand-specific pay-per-views now, going forward, how many of these women are actually going to be involved inside of the storylines? Like we, we've commented on our show before, Rose and DeVille just kind of feel like they're being thrown into this match to just fill body space. Sasha and Bailey, that's woman five and six on the Raw roster. If you're going to have two, maybe three women's matches on joint brand pay-per-views, where does woman five and six on the Raw roster really fit into that picture? I think the most intriguing pairing here, no matter how you slice the pie, is Mickey and Alexa Bliss. And I've got Alexa walking out of the chamber, still women's champion. And at the same time, the wild card in all this is when you peek behind the curtain is what are their plans at WrestleMania for Asuka? I mean, what are, where is she going to go? Because I think that is what's going to be the straw that stirs the drink as far as how this elimination chamber plays out. So, Ryan, I know you're real big as you're looking at this thing. You know, where are we going? Because this really is, you know, they keep telling us we're on the road to WrestleMania. But this is probably where they hit full throttle. This is really, they've got to turn up the heat. So, Ryan, you believe Bliss is going over, correct? You're yes, looking at you know, yes. where, where Asuka's going. So, how do you, where do you see the next step here? What do we get coming out of the chamber and out of the event itself with the women? And, and the reason I, I keep wanting to look ahead is because I do believe uh, the WrestleMania plan, as, as I've said, it, it, the groundwork for all that, I think, starts tomorrow night. And I, I think we're going to see I think we're going to see Alexa. We've, we've seen her get booked, you know, the five feet of fury against Nia, you know, against these un, insurmountable odds. And she somehow keeps the title. I think that's the thing. I think that's how you set her up as a credible champion against this unbeatable challenger she made it through the elimination chamber now she's going to face the undefeated challenger i think that's a great wrestlemania storyline because i think the other women's matches is, is going to be charlotte and ronda rousey so i, I think that's that's the way to even out your women's ticket there we go uh hey that's it that's a bold gamble right there but hey the, the chamber's coming to us from las vegas so uh what what more fitting jargo you said you want bliss I mean, do you agree with Ryan? I've got inside of this match, I have Sasha pinning Bailey. I think that is absolutely vital. That has to happen inside this match. Regardless if you're going to build it to WrestleMania or what I would do is I would start it here and build it to Brooklyn because I feel like the blow off for Sasha and Bailey needs to happen in Brooklyn, not at WrestleMania. Um, and then I have Alexa pinning Mickey to retain the women's championship in the end because like we said we all know it's just a matter of time until little miss bliss turns on mickey mickey is not the story here this is how do we elevate alexa she turns around stabs her in the back and then maybe you know a little bit later we see another appearance from uh, little miss bliss trying to get a little bit of heat too i agree with that i think that's a great blueprint okay you know we were just talking about alliances in the chamber you know if, if they're going to hold up or not you know, let's move on to where we know that you do need a partner. We got two big tag team matches on this card. Uh, let's start with the pre-show. You got Gallows and Anderson of uh, the Battler Club. They're going to be taking on the Miz-Tourage. You know, this was just announced via social media. But I got to be honest with you, I I'm kind of excited for this match. I, I like I like all four guys. I like this pairing. I think this could be a fun kickoff. Uh, I think the, the, sad, the sad part is the Miz-Tourage, that's a very talented team. I mean... Uh, these two guys have had individual success and they've been kind of repackaged and moved around a few times. Uh, I'd love to see them really get some push, but I really think that it, it's all about the club. I really think, I really don't think that I think the Mr. Raj is just kind of, they're, they're starting to fall into that Kurt Hawkins 
category of you can't get a win. You know, and I, I know over on our show, Hitting the Mark Pro Wrestling Podcast, you know, Jarko can vouch for me. You know, it seems every week, you know, I'm, I'm expressing disappointment in how the Mistress is used. I mean, you got serious talent here. They could be serious contenders in a division, you know, that need to lift. Jarko, what are you thinking about this match here? Well, you know, being the Bullet Club mark of the group, I'm sure everybody expects me to go with Anderson and Gallows here. But I think this is actually a bigger story that's being told. So we have some rumors of Miz and Balor at WrestleMania. Um, obviously, if that would happen, these two teams are going to be involved. With it being on the pre-show, I don't view this at all as an important match. So I'm going to go with Axel and Dallas over in the match to kick off the program and then watch for Miz to take Balor out inside the chamber later on in the night. Well, yeah, really, interesting. You've got four guys <clears throat> in this match that really have never gotten their due in WWE, if you really want to be honest. Uh, obviously, Gallows and Anderson, because of who they're associated with, they get a rub once in a while, um, whether it's from Balor or whether they got it from AJ before. Um, I, I really don't think it's going to be much of a match. I hope that I'm wrong. I hope that uh, I'm like you guys. I see, especially Kurt, Curtis Axel, I, I just see a lot of potential in those guys. I I hope that uh, they're going to get in a long program, and I hope it means that it we got another strong tag team division on the way. Um, I just kind of think it's going to be a BS match, and, and I think Gallus and Anderson are going to get pretty easy win. I'm afraid it's going to be a comedy match. That's what I'm afraid. Well, of. I was just going to I was just going to ask you there, Jarko. I, I love your idea with the foreshadowing here going forward with the potential Finn Balor versus Miz program going into WrestleMania, and of course these two teams would be involved. It'd be a great way to lay some groundwork. But I was just going to bring that up. Is this going to turn into a comedy spot for the pre-show? That's what I'm afraid. That's absolutely what I, what my fear is in this match. I mean, on paper, if they just actually would let these four guys go, this could be an absolutely awesome match. I'm just afraid that they're going to be, number one, handcuffed by time, and number two, they're going to be handcuffed by creative, saying, go out there and sports entertain for six minutes. So we're in agreement. It's probably going to be a bad match. We just disagree on the winner yep. pretty much, how yep. it's going to turn out. Well, hey, let's let's shift gears. You know, Gallows and Anderson and the Mizrush, hey, they want to be in this spot. I mean, we're gonna, we're talking about the Raw Tag Team Championship bout. You got the bar defending against, the, you know, the, the upstarts. They're on the rise. Titus Worldwide. Jarko, I'm going to kick it to you. You're over there shaking your head. Uh, I'll let you kick it off here. Well, Titus Worldwide is now 3-1 and one over Sheamus and Cesaro, going back to before the Royal Rumble, when Sheamus and Cesaro were just number one contenders. Um, with them being three and one, I thoroughly expect that now that the titles are the, on the line, it's going to be absolute destruction. Sheamus and Cesaro are going to just tear apart Titus and Apollo in a social media announced cooldown match between two matches that actually mean something. While this may have the most creative behind it on the card, the tag division inside of the company right now, outside of NXT, is so freaking bad that I honestly do not care. But I think the bar retained. Ryan, what's your take on this one? Uh, pretty much everything he just said. Why in the world is Apollo Crews not wrestling, having a really great singles career right now and uh, and going for the Intercontinental title or something like that? I, I have no idea. This guy is one of the biggest wastes, and not on not because of him. It's just a waste of talent. 
in my opinion, for him to be in a tag team. And, and, and to be honest with you, Titus, love the guy as a person. He's not a very good performer uh, on uh, in the ring at all. Um, I, I just I, I don't see any reason even to have this match. I, I think it's going to be very easily the bar retains. I, I don't understand how Titus Worldwide is the baby faces here. I just, I like, I, I asked Rick here like a week ago. I was like, did they turn these guys babyface? And he was like, yeah, weeks ago. I was like, when? I, I well, totally miss this. This is like, this is like you're asking me to cheer for LeVar Ball. That's how I see Titus. He is LeVar Ball in professional wrestling form. And you want me to cheer LeVar Ball. As a Lakers fan, go fuck yourself. Not happening. I always wonder. What, what's Let's make the it a personal, Jargo. Is, is Titus Worldwide supposed to be like a push if you get into that click? Is that a push? Because it sure seems to me like they lose more than they win. So what is really the point in having a brand that is a losing brand? And again, you can go back to, you know, whether it's in the cruiserweight division. You know, they got a guy in the cruiserweight division. They got Apollo. And it's, it seems like all these guys are just, they win once in a while and they get TV exposure. But they don't really, it's never consistent. And I mean, what are they? Are they, are they, as you said, are they a heel faction? Are they a face faction? Um, Are they winners? Are they losers? It it seems like it has really no identity other than, you know, Titus making a lot of noise. That's basically it. It, it, He's LeVar Ball. He is a pro wrestling version of LeVar Ball. That is his character. Just, just, I don't know. I, I'm not, I'm Titus not Worldwide is the big baller brand, and he is freaking delusional, and he thinks what, that I he's even, super over. I, I'm not a big fan of of the Titus Worldwide brand anymore. I think I'm done. I gave it a shot. And I'm done with it. But I even I won't compare him to Levar Ball because that's a low blow, my friend. <laughs> yeah, I think you know with the Titus brand, they had, it's a missed opportunity. They really could have made it something special with making him like a super agent. Uh, but you know, they just but they just. Threw a gimmick on him and forgot about it. The problem uh, so is he's too big. He's too big to be a manager. Like you look <laughs> at the guy next to somebody and it's like, you should be the ass kicker. He's just not. But, all right. All right. Uh, enough, enough with Titus Worldwide. I think that's, we've given them more of a, a shine here than they get on the, through the actual company. Uh, I think the bigger question is, I, I think we're all in agreement. The bar is going to retain here, but I mean, this tag division is, it's an utter mess right now. I mean, where are we going to go into WrestleMania with this thing? Is this going to be the, the big cluster of a match on the pre-show, or what do we have? It's Jarko, coming. you got something over there. It's or, coming. You want, you want Ryan coming. to go first? Nope, it's coming later in the card. It's coming later in the card. I'll tell you what's oh, coming. Okay. He, he, he's got a teaser for us. Uh, Ryan, what do, you, what do you think going to WrestleMania for the tag division? Oh, oh I think at least one of – well, I, I think the SmackDown tag titles will, will have that one locked down. Uh, but I think as far as I, I could easily see us having a pre-show four team match uh, with teams like uh, like the Ascension or, you know, you know, those level of teams getting thrown into a title match they don't belong in. I could easily see that happening. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm guessing. You know, you're going to see like Gallows, Anderson, maybe the Mistourage, the Revival. They're going to take every team that they can and just throw them in a big group match. Remember, Jargos- out, multi-team, multi-man matches when in doubt. That's what you do. That's the formula in WWE. Matches are more interesting the more people that you put into them. Really? Is that how they should just have a sixty-man battle royal every night? That's, that's Hashtag what, McMahon logic. That's why. That's why we had two Royal Rumbles. You know, get sixty people out there on your card. Uh, it was history making, right? Uh, let's. Well, speaking of history making, again on this show, let's switch gears. It's not an actual match, but it's one of the marquee draws. You know, arguably the biggest signing in the history of the company. 
Ronda officially becomes a WWE superstar. Jugger, you're there shaking your head, but I, I want to go to, to Ryan first. W- what are your initial thoughts about uh, Ryan? And you haven't been on with us. I know what Jugger thinks. So I want to get like your overall thoughts uh, about Ronda from the Rumble up until this point. I'm for one. I'm one of those people. I'm not a big fan of bringing people from outside wrestling in and immediately turning the keys to the castle over to them. I don't. I don't like that they do that with Lesnar. I understand that it makes a lot of sense with him. However, Rousey is intriguing. She's a draw for a huge portion of the audience. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, it, traditionally, I don't think WWE's ever handled celebrities in the wrestling ring well. And, and I don't think that this one's going to turn out to be the huge cash cow that everybody thinks it is. Not necessarily maybe because it's Ronda Rousey's fault, but it, I think that WWE will mishandle this. I really do. So I, so at the when she's going after this they're going to have this, I guess, this, this grand ceremony for this contract signing. Ryan, what do you expect them actually to see here at the Chamber event? Or is- I, think she, I think she might get booed. I think she might get booed. She got some boos already, and I think, I, I think the audience might start turning on her already because she's kind of come in and, and they've kind of rolled out the red carpet for her. I, I see kind of some disdain in the audience right now for Rousey. I don't know, Jargo. What do you think? I, I, I just I, – I, now, again, nothing really she's done. It's just the way she's come in. I sense the crowd, the audience turning on her, maybe turning on her like they do the Cena, the, the Reigns type way. Uh, you know, we're just – don't try to force this on us. Let it happen organically. And when it doesn't, when they still try to push it, I think the crowd might – I think they may actually boo her tomorrow night. Did did either one of you see the video that leaked of Ronda Rousey training the last couple of days? I, I saw it online. I didn't actually sit down and watch it, but I saw that it was out there. Uh, she she's in the ring with Shayna Baszler. If you haven't seen it, and uh, Baszler's doing her thing to Rousey, and a lot of what I saw in the video <clears throat> is Rousey selling her ass off. Now I'm going to ask both of you. Is Ronda Rousey getting into a WWE ring and selling her ass off the best way to present Ronda Rousey? Well, I guess I'll jump in here first, Ryan. Uh, for me, it is the exact opposite of what you want to be doing. Exactly. I mean, you're, you're, you're bringing a, in a legit combat sport, you know, not just someone who had mild success there. I mean, she was at the top of the game. You know, she's... You're trying to sell her as the baddest woman on the planet right now. You know, she's elevating herself now from a fighter to a superstar. I don't think anyone should be – she shouldn't be in that position for quite some time. Uh, I, I'm going to answer my, my Rousey thing with, with a couple of different answers here. Um, here's what I expect to see. I expect to see Ronda Rousey come out, sign a piece of paper, shake hands with Stephanie McMahon, something goes terribly wrong – and you end up with the start of the build to Ronda Rousey and a partner versus Stephanie and Triple H. That is going to be god-fucking-awful, and it is going to get a ton of bad press, and it's not going to sell network subs, and it's not going to be nearly the draw that everybody expects it to be. Now, what I would like to see happen is what Ryan suggested. I would like to see Charlotte Flair come out and dress down Ronda Rousey right there in front of God and all the people in Las Vegas and all the people watching on the WWE Network. I would like to see Charlotte do that. I would like to see Becky do that. I would like to see Sasha Banks do that. I would like to see Bailey do that. I would legitimately like to see anybody but Stephanie McMahon 
do that. However, my biggest fear of what they're going to do is Asuka is going to come out and get up in Ronda Rousey's face and they're going to blow their load on Ronda Rousey versus Asuka at WrestleMania this year instead of building to it for the next year. That's kind of where I stand with this whole Ronda Rousey thing. Right? I really, really, really want to see Charlotte and Rousey. I think that's got a huge marquee matchup for people because they know the mainstream name of Rousey. They obviously know the name of Flair. Everybody does. It is royalty in wrestling versus royalty in MMA. I agree, um, but I think I think you have to rebuild Rousey first. Because I, the last time we saw Rousey, she was getting the shit kicked out of her. That's the last image that the casual audience has of Ronda Rousey. And then they're bringing her in like she's hot shit. And that's why you're getting the Roman Reigns response. She needs well, to go out there and just squash somebody at Mania and rebuild Ronda Rousey. And I would, I would love to see that. I don't think they'll do that because it makes a lot of sense uh, to do it. And it, but you've got to remember they, they don't, they like, they don't like the slow boil. They love the quick burn, the quick blow up. Um, you know, I, I, I'm with you. If it turns out to be Ronda Rousey, which has been rumored now. Seth Rollins and Ronda Rousey against Triple H and Stephanie potentially at WrestleMania. If that match is announced and you hear that I got shot in the head with a nail gun, believe me, it was self-inflicted. You don't even have to have, call the coroner. It was I, I took myself out because, I, I, first of all, it's a waste of Seth. That's a waste of Rousey and her debut. Uh, I don't think we need to see. I, I hate to keep throwing Triple H under the bus because of all the good work he does behind the scenes, but I don't want to see him in the ring anymore, and I certainly don't want his wife involved in a storyline. So, no, I, I'm with you. I, let's have Charlotte and Rousey, or let's have Rousey just come out and put on a show, an exhibition against somebody that you can afford to feed to the Lions or whatever, but anything that doesn't involve Stephanie at all competing at WrestleMania. The best Rousey match at Mania would be a 20-second squash. That would be fine. That would be phenomenal. Maybe you could bring Emma back for that. Well, and you know, it's, you know, with, with Rousey, it's not about the quality of the match. It's about the spectacle of her just being there. I mean, the entrance could be the moment that really sets it apart for you. And then she goes in there and, as Jarko was saying, just completely runs over her opponent. You know, she's in and out of the actual match in 20 seconds uh, where the entrance might take five minutes. I mean, that's the moment there. That's where all eyes are on you. And then you go forward because we all know she has signed with the company. Is it a two-year deal? That's uh, so you've got a, you have a lot of time with her, and you don't want to expose anything, and you want to be able to really uh, save those those special moments you're going to have with her. I, I do have one more question here with 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 Rousey segment that's going to be happening here at the event, and not to get too negative on it. How much is this actually going to be about Stephanie McMahon, do you think? Because we all know, you know, the rumors out there that this signing is in large part just to promote the Stephanie brand. I'm curious where that where it is on the card. Where do they put this on the card? And I think that's going to determine a lot. Now, Ryan, just Ryan, real quick to... Oh, I'm sorry. I think on the Rousey thing, I, I think hopefully it's somewhere in the middle and whatever they're going to do is out of the way because I think we got to get past her entrance i will say this and, and i'm gonna make a pre I'll, I'll put a prediction and you know what i'll even put a crispy five spot on that either tomorrow or at wrestlemania rousey will walk to the ring for the cheap pop with members of roddy piper's family 
I'm going to also throw that out. Is that, I think that's another way that they'll try to get her over. Don't you believe that? That's a WWE kind of thing to do. I really, but I'm telling you, they're going to, they are going to unravel the Rousey thing. They're going to overdo all of it and try to play off her star power, try to make her a big wrestling star right out of the box. Your idea is great, Jargo, but I'm telling you something tomorrow night. I, 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 I believe the Stephanie stories. I believe she's going to be involved with Rousey at WrestleMania. And I believe that will ruin Rousey for the WWE. (laughs) I really do. Unfortunately. I mean, now that you bring up the scenario and everything that we've heard. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I want her in Charlotte. I hope that's what it is. But, you know, if you bring Stephanie, you factor her in, anything can happen at that point. Stephanie stooged it on Instagram. Well, I, I'm, I'm t- yeah. Did you see that, Ryan? I, yeah, I've heard that. that yeah, they, they had the photo of her working out, and it pretty much said, gearing up, oh, what could happen at WrestleMania? Hashtag no excuses. Hashtag WrestleMania. What in the hell Stephanie McMahon training for at WrestleMania if it's not Ronda Rousey? Jesus Christ, the boss can't even keep her damn mouth shut. I got one caveat. We can have Steph and Rousey at WrestleMania one-on-one. It's got to be a Hell in the Cell match, and Steph has to take the dive off the cage like Shane did. Otherwise, she can't compete at all. I want that in the contract. She's taking the fall off the cage. I just I don't understand how they are going to legitimize Stephanie McMahon in a ring with Ronda Rousey. That's four seconds. All right, you know what? Uh, I'll, I'll go with Ryan. WrestleMania. Rousey versus Charlotte, Shar Shar over strong. Delusion over strong. That's all I got on that one. But you know, hey, let's let's stick with the ladies here. Because we do have a a big match on the card with some uh some huge WrestleMania implications. You got Asuka taking on Nia Jax. Now Asuka's already earned her spot to challenge the champion of her choice at WrestleMania. Now Jax is given a chance that if she can beat Asuka here at the Elimination Chamber, she's gonna be at it. To whichever champion Asuka decides to challenge, she's going to be added to that match and make that a triple threat. Uh, some interesting build-up to this one, guys. You know, they've taken Nia back. To, we've seen some squash matches. Uh, she's got a little fire under her ass again. You know, she's been taking some individuals out. Any chance she wins this thing? No, I, I, I think that – I, but I do think she wins in the long run. I, you can't break Asuka's streak. You got to let her get to WrestleMania undefeated. So Asuka wins the match. But because this is WWE, somehow Nia, because they've already teased a triple threat, somehow Nia is going to probably end up in a triple threat at Mania. I, I just have that feeling too. Unfortunately, <laughs> you know, I, I, again, I'm going on what I want on one side. I, I'd I'd love to see just Asuka one on one for the title, but I have a feeling somehow Nia is going to end up in that match anyway. Ryan, I, I tend to agree with you. I think Asuka goes over here, and then, you know, the following Raw, or, or sometime within the next couple of weeks, we see Nia get her way back into the title picture. And I'm still I'm still guessing, because, you know, how, hey, adding more people to a match makes it better, correct? I'm still thinking in their mind they're going to go with uh, Bliss versus Jax versus Bailey versus Sasha in a fatal four-way for that Raw Women's Championship. Jargo? You've been saying it, and I know you're, you're, you're waiting to get it out here. Why don't you go ahead and pitch your idea how you see this thing going down. It's once again time for the Taser of Doom. You remember, <laughs> you remember how, uh, how Goldberg's uh, streak came to an end? Well, this time we're going to cause a full-scale riot in Las Vegas. Nia Jax is going to win this match. 
And this is how Nia Jax wins this match. Remember when I said Alexa Bliss was going to outsmart everybody in the Elimination Chamber? She knows she can't beat Asuka one-on-one. She wants her best friend, Nia Jax, in that match. So what does she do? She comes out in the middle of this match, and she attacks Nia Jax. Oh my god, Asuka just got disqualified. She has lost this match. And once again... Asuka is the smartest person in the room. It's Asuka and her bestie. No, you mean er, er, Alexa and her bestie versus Asuka at WrestleMania. And the streak is dead. Taser of doom. You know, Ryan, when, when Jugger first pitched that to me, he got the reaction he was looking for. I just look, it came over my face. I was like, there's no way in hell. I mean, the, the place will, the internet will explode. Fans are going to riot, and then it started, you know, sinking in. It was, they're actually they might do something like this. Now, I don't even want to see the disqualification. If you're going to just screw her, you got to screw her and get it. Let let her get the win. Whip out the taser. I mean, you have to get a really small taser for Alexa, you know, uh, but maybe one the size of an ink pen. But you, you, you know, yeah. I mean, do something like that and literally cost her the match and let let Nia pin her. I'd be okay with the pinfall if you're going to screw her and you really want to tear the tear the building down. Yeah, I mean, literally have her get knocked at chloroform, one of those old gimmicks, something like that, and just have the crowd just pissed. I yep. would love that. Alexa well, outsmarts I, everybody once again. Well, I, I, you know, I do want to pose a question to each of you here. I, I want to pose a question to, to both of you gentlemen. here. You know, we're making the comparisons to how they ended Goldberg's streak. Well, we all know, you know, the famous quote from Bobby the Brain Heenan after that, you know, they go after the show, they get in the car. And he didn't make the statement, the party's over, guys. It's over. If they would do something like this to to screw Asuka out of the streak, I mean, could it potentially backfire on him here? And would she, would she be worth the same that she is now for the company? Well, I think the argument becomes, I, I know some people have said you've got to break the streak sooner than later. I know Taz has been on record as saying that you have to break the streak sooner than later because once the streak becomes the only thing that the character is, once you break the streak, the character is dead. So I think we're still, I mean, Asuka just got called up in November. I mean, she's really only been on the main roster for three months. I mean, we're looking at her career as a whole going all the way back to NXT. But as far as like the casual fan goes, she's only been around for three months. The sooner you can break this thing so it doesn't become this huge, ominous deal hanging over her head, the better off you're going to be either that or you've got to ride it out until you're done with her. I would say that uh, there is one big difference, one major contrast. After Goldberg's streak was broken, he couldn't go 25 minutes in a match and and cement his legacy as a wrestler where Asuka has the skills to pay the bills. So even without the streak, she's going to go on and do historical things in wrestling. Unfortunately for Bill Goldberg, he, he, he is a historical figure and a Hall of Fame wrestler and all that. But, it, it you know, he just after the streak, there really, you know, there was no more mystique with, with Bill Goldberg where I think Asuka has has the potential to go on and do greater things beyond having a winning streak. I think a better comparison goes back to when Samoa Joe first debuted in TNA and he was undefeated for like a year and a half. And well, you know, it's worked out all right for him. Yeah, that's absolutely. Uh, uh, I mean, I, I think it's, it depends on the wrestler, but I do agree that I don't think she needs the streak to get over. I don't think that she's uh, she's in a position where her career is going to falter after, after somebody beats her. 
Um, I, I think Goldberg, he needed that streak to get over uh, because he was limited in the ring. She isn't. She's a she's just a pure talent. Okay, gentlemen. Well, let's let's talk about two individuals and a program as a whole that needs to get back on track. Uh, of course, that's that's Matt Hardy. He's going to be taking on uh, Bray Wyatt at the Elimination Chamber event. And it just seems, and this has been a beautiful disaster. Of I don't even know. I really had to describe this thing. You know what the expectations from when we knew that the broken gimmick was going to be coming back when we get the the woken rendition of it. Uh, assume that him and Bray are going to have this just magnificent feud, maybe one for the ages. Uh, we haven't been given that yet. I mean, can they get this thing back on track starting at this event? Jargo? Well, um, here's here's kind of where I stand with the whole Woken thing. All right? I'm ready for it. this program to come to an end and come to an end right here. Originally, I had thought I wanted this whole Hardy versus Wyatt saga to go on all the way until WrestleMania and do something like the final deletion at WrestleMania with Bray Wyatt. We're not doing that anymore because this program is dead in the fucking water. So here's what I need to have happen. I saw on Twitter uh, just yesterday, the Lake of Reincarnation has thawed. There are pictures up. I have seen pictures of the battlefield. The battlefield has been prepared, which tells me that Brother Nero has got to be right around the corner. We know Jeff Hardy is about ready to come back. I think now is the time. Hashtag Brother Nero in the house. We see a reunion of Broken Matt Hardy and Brother Nero, and that is your tag team program going into WrestleMania. You have the Broken Hardys versus the Bar. None of it will matter unless Vanguard One arrives in WWE. I completely that, agree. That's really where it all starts and ends with the whole broken gimmick. Honestly, guys, uh, you know it's funny you talk about the deletion series in TNA. If I want to, you go back in time and remember that time how hot Matt Hardy was at that juncture. There was another guy in WWE that was really super hot, Bray Wyatt. At the exact same time, same kind of weird gimmicks. Look at where they are today. I had said before they got there, I don't think the Woken slash Broken thing was going to work in WWE. I didn't think they'd give them uh, all the freedom or, or they would let it. I, I didn't think they'd let it look junky enough. Honestly, I think they'll pretty it up too much. And and so it won't be like that original uh, that original kind of gray, dark universe that he he captured in TNA. Uh, I, I just think I think the thing doesn't work. I don't think it works for Hardy. And, and I think the Wyatt family things kind of ran its course for Bray. And we're sort of grasping at straws with this right now, with both of them. Um, I'm good with it being over. Uh, Rick, you asked if it could get back on the tracks. I think by that definition, it would have had to be on them in the first place or there to actually have ever been any tracks. I don't even remember it actually getting started, to be honest with you. Uh, it's just kind of been lame and dead from the beginning, and it should go away as soon as possible. So where do you see? For, uh, we know Jarko, he wants the Hardys to get back together. Go after the bar at WrestleMania. Jugger, where would you see what's next for Bray then if, if we end this here? For the love of God, send Bray Wyatt back to SmackDown and put him back with Harper and Rowan. Because that, that's the only way that any of those three talents are going to get anywhere is together. 
I, Luke Harper and Eric Rowan are so defined down into the Wyatt family gimmick that without Bray Wyatt, it just doesn't work. This Bludgeon Brothers thing is not working for me. Bray Wyatt has been so damaged in the booking of the Bray Wyatt character since he went over to Raw. It's absolutely freaking pathetic. He actually has some talent on SmackDown that Bray Wyatt could work with. AJ Styles would make Bray Wyatt look great. If you could actually motivate Randy Orton and get him in a real program with Bray Wyatt that doesn't require holograms and burning down fucking houses and shit, that could be a great program. Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, on down the line, Bray Wyatt could have some great matches there, especially when you add in the whole Wyatt family dynamic. Let's just like scrub this whole elimination of the Wyatt family thing. Let's just pretend that never happened. Just calmly send Bray back over to SmackDown and let him do his thing. I, I gotta agree with that. And then the two, the Bludgeon or as I like to call them, the Maple Syrup Brothers, they uh, they need somebody to talk for them anyway. So what what difference would it make? As you said, that was a year or so ago. Whenever three months, four months. That's that's like that's an eternity. That's that's an Olympics. That's a presidential term in WWE. Two months, you know. So you can pretend like that never happened. Put those guys together. They need a mic man. Bray needs some backup, and he needs a fresh. He needs something. He needs. He, I don't know what it is, but he he needs to be thrown in the dryer and freshened up or something because this guy has hit a wall. Where at one time I thought he was going to be one of the biggest stars in the history of the company. I think it also hurts Braun Strowman having Bray Wyatt on Raw because it, it leaves an open end that has never been addressed. And wasn't Bray a few years ago? There were people that were anointing him like the next generation of the Undertaker. This is a guy right now that's that's grasping at straws to even be in a title hunt somewhere. Well, when you when you book him to lose eighty percent of the time, people stop caring. Go figure. This, this thing needs to end, and they both need to go a different direction and and refresh, you know, refresh and, and recharge the batteries somewhere else. Hey, a little fun note. Uh, you know, at one time there was serious consideration to take Bray's dad, Mister IRS. Uh, and put him in a tag team with The Undertaker. They were going to call him Death and Taxes. That was seriously considered uh, within WWE. There was big talks about giving those guys a uh, – I, I believe it was right around the time that they went with Money, Inc. Uh, it was actually going to be Death and Taxes. Yeah. Thank God that didn't happen. But, you know, that, that, that's another goddamn conversation to bring up, though, because, you know, that's one of those things where you can see Mark Calloway looking at Vincent Kennedy McMahon and saying, Vince, I ain't doing that. Where if they would do that now, there's nobody on that roster with the fucking cojones to look at Vince McMahon and say, Vince, I'm not doing that. And if they do, well, we wish you the best in your future endeavors. Very true. Cena's probably the only guy. Cena and maybe Roman or somebody. There's a very few guys, I think, that have a lot of pull. Nothing like the old days. Nothing like Austin had or, you know, Austin. There were guys that were supposed to work main events on Raw with him that never got the ring with him because he said, ah, I'm not doing that. So, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. There's guys. And I think if you had guys, more guys like Bray or somebody, hey, I'm a legacy in this business. I've, I've been around. I can go elsewhere that would actually stand up and say that. Guys like what Cody Rhodes did when he walked away. You know, I, I think that's the only way you're going to break this cycle because the booking has killed a lot of guys that had a ton of potential. Bray Wyatt's not alone on that list. Well, guys, you know, uh, it's it, the main event here. I mean, it's the biggest elimination chamber match in history. Uh, first time ever seven will compete inside the structure with the winner going on to WrestleMania to face the Universal Champion Brock Lesnar. Hey, we, they've been putting a lot of build behind this thing. You know, we, we got the gauntlet match last week. We've had uh, different. We had the qualifying matches. You know, we've had matches to see who's going to enter first and last. We had the big gauntlet matches I mentioned. 
What, what are you guys just early expectations of this thing before we really dive into the different opportunities we could be seeing? Well, the, the, the only thing that I absolutely expect to happen in this match, well, I guess there's two things that I absolutely expect to happen in this match. Number one, Braun Strowman is going to do some kind of ridiculously, hilariously awesome stunt. That is going to happen inside of this match. Whether it goes right or whether it goes wrong is completely up for debate, but Braun's going to do something stupid in this you'd match. Have to, you'd have to assume at some point, he is going to destroy part of the structure. Right. Like, like that is going if to not, happen. If not, maybe tip the entire thing over on its side. Right. Now, now here's kind of how I have this thing laying out. And, and, and I think this kind of goes into the other thing I expect in this match. All right. How do you guys have the, the, the order of participants coming in here? T- tell me if you, if you disagree with any of these. All right. So, you know, the Miz is coming in number one. All right. It's going to start off triple threat. So my two and three are Balor and Rollins. Number four is Cena. Number five is Braun. All right. Braun's going to get in there and just start wrecking shit. Okay. But you got to have bodies for Braun to throw around and for, for havoc to happen. Then Roman's going to come in and Roman's going to put down Braun Strowman. That is going to happen tomorrow night inside of the Elimination Chamber, and that's how Strowman's going to get eliminated. Because let's remember, let's all make Roman look strong. And then Elias will be the seventh person in. Any disagreements? Brian? Well, I will say this uh, on the caveat. If if Braun is going to do something ridiculous, the one guy that it's going to happen to is The Miz. So I see him getting thrown through the cage at some point or through yeah, through the structure at some point, you know, a, a gimmick, obviously, of course. But uh, no, I don't I don't totally disagree with that. I, I keep hearing everybody saying that it's going to be Balor and Miz going to Mania. Um, I, I for some reason, I got a feeling that Elias, there may be a spark up between Elias and, and Miz. I, I don't know why I have that feeling. Um, I, I honestly think that. Uh, Miz may be a standout in this match. I think he may last longer than a lot of people think, and then he'll end up eventually taking a, a, a serious fall. But uh, yeah, I gotta, I gotta say, I, th- I think we're lining up for Roman Lesnar at Mania, and, and Roman standing tall at the end. If you go to Elias versus Miz, who's the babyface in that program? I think Elias is. I think, I think Elias is a guy that the fans want to cheer. I mean, it's obvious when he comes out and they all say they want to walk with Elias. I, he's funny. He's You could very easily take that gimmick and turn him into an incredibly over Rocky style baby. Fan. I mean, you know, with the, the kind of sarcastic smart ass comments and things like that, he could take that music gimmick and turn it into something really special as a baby face, I think. And I think that that's where by mania or after they'll start looking at him as a baby face, a potential big time star. As uh, another another dynamic, if you were to go Elias versus Miz, remember when Miz was away just recently with the movie, the Miztourage, they were kind of hanging out with Elias. Uh, so you could add, you know, where, you know, where does their alliance fall? You could add that dynamic. Looking at, you know, at the seven participants in this chamber, there's a number of directions they could go because, you know, they, they've done a pretty good job of crossing paths with a lot of these individuals. Uh, so there is some friction. Uh, we could see you know, so much kind of coming at us. You know, you got the other rumor that it might be Braun versus Miz at WrestleMania. And it's and they kind of gave us a little tease on that with how the gauntlet match ended. It's hilarious with- to me that 
every, it's everybody versus the Miz. Like if you are hot inside of the company, one way or another, whether you're Braun, whether you're Elias, whether you're John Cena, whether you're Finn Balor, whether you're Braun Strowman, it doesn't matter. If you're hot going into WrestleMania, you know who you want your match against? The Miz. And nobody wants to hear this, especially not the old school guys, but he's kind of a measuring stick in that company now. I mean, after 14 years or however long he's been there. My God, I mean, he's He's the gatekeeper who doesn't lose all the fucking time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, let's let's give the man his due where he's at on the card. He's been one of the best intercontinental champions of all time. He is, again, like I said, a measuring stick. I think they throw guys in the ring with Miz to see if they're ready to take that next step. And you got to have guys that like that on the card. He's a valuable player in that company. Well, Ryan, you know, you've thrown out there that, that you see Miz. He's going to shine in this match. He's, he's going to turn some head. This is going to be his evening. Even if he doesn't go over, it's going to be about the Miz. Uh, what do you guys see, you know, in the gauntlet match? That was pretty much about Seth Rollins. What do you think his role will be within this match? I think either Rollins goes out first or Rollins goes out last. I don't think there's any happy medium. Either either Rollins goes out first and you have the excuse of the gauntlet match built in or Roman pins Seth to win the whole goddamn thing. Well, uh, you know, along with the gauntlet match, they were playing to his knee as well. Yep. So they did build in and out for him there. Ryan, what do you, what do you see for Seth here? I, I think I'm going to agree with what Jargo said earlier. I think you've got a lot. The, the match is intriguing because of all the moving parts in it and how it's going to line up this this. Elimination Chamber match is going to line up what we're going to see at WrestleMania. I think we all know that. But with all the moving parts, there's a lot of intriguing storylines and unfortunately, probably a very unintriguing finish. And I think I do think it will be Roman. uh, And I think he will face Lesnar. I think that's the big payoff they want at WrestleMania. But it doesn't mean that this match won't be fun because, like I said, there's a lot of scenarios that can come out of it. Um, I love what you guys have talked about. I mean, I think the Intercontinental title match um, and all the all the possibilities there might be one of the more intriguing things that comes out of the chamber tomorrow night. I think the other thing that could come out of the chamber tomorrow night that nobody is talking about is you may see who Ronda Rousey's opponent is, or not opponent, who her partner is going to be against Stephanie and Hunter if that is the direction that they go. And I still think it's going to be Dave Batista. Hmm. I hadn't given that one a thought, actually. Well, I think with Batista, though, you run into the same issues that you have with The Rock. Uh, you have those those massive insurance policies uh, through the studios that are not going to permit them to do any kind of crossover work with WWE at the time. Yeah, that's going to be the 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 only reason that I even bring that up is here. What was it? Maybe two, three months ago, there was an awful lot of talk about Batista coming back, quote unquote, full time. I think because I, I know you, they wanted usually, to do Hunter and Batista. Uh, this might be the a chance. Lot of things, it, it, I'm not knock. I think Batista. If you couldn't get The Rock, and you're going to go with that next tag. That is the perfect fill-in for The Rock there. Uh, but you, know, you also have to take into account with Batista, he really knows how to, to work the fans. You know, if he's out there trying to push a, a movie project, he knows how to go over and you know, tug at those wrestling fans and say, hey, pay attention over here. You know, I love you guys. I wish I could come back. Oh, yeah, by the way, come see my movies. Blah, blah, you know, fork over your money for me. Uh, one of the other real interesting stories going into the chamber is, for myself is the development or the direction that John Cena has been going in. Uh, this is the first time that we're seeing any doubt within the face of the company. You know, he's usually on the road to WrestleMania. He's driving. He's in the driver's seat. Now it's almost that he's been, he's being left off to the side of the road. I think this is a tremendous story that they're building here. 
Uh, so how do you what do you see his role being in this chamber? How are they going to further, you know, this internal struggle within Cena? Well, I think that's I, I think that's the thing, you know, as much as we talk about Seth Rollins and how can his body hold up after what he went through in the gauntlet match, the story with John Cena is emotionally, mentally, how can he hold up through this elimination chamber match when he loses and is still looking for his way to WrestleMania? I think that's going to be the story with Cena coming out of here. It wouldn't surprise me if Cena spends the least amount of time inside of the chamber and it's somebody like Miz that just happens to get a sneaky roll up on him. I agree. I don't I don't think he's going to have much to say in this. I, I think he's one of the lowest factors in the elimination. Cha- I, I just I, I don't know. I, maybe this is that point where he starts to wind down things and we put him in a secondary type match. Maybe he gets that last second wrestlemania match that happens in the middle of the card i, I don't know i am a little perplexed by it obviously i know it's played into the the storyline as well but uh you know i'm i'm kind of uh curious as to how much they're going to continue to make him such a, a priority in storylines we've seen him kind of back off the last few years hey his movie career has taken off so maybe maybe they're going to float in a test balloon to see a wrestlemania without john cena as one of the main players how that goes over I expect to see John Cena on SmackDown Tuesday night challenging Shinsuke Nakamura for his number one contendership to the WWE title at Fastlane. Mm. That that still is out there, Ryan. I don't know if you picked up on that story, but they are advertising him at the arena in Columbus uh, for the Fastlane pay-per-view. It's coming up special appearance by John Cena. So he is going to be involved in some way. And and you kind of look what's going on over in the blue brand. You know, the number one contender, I mean, he really has nothing going on right now. You've got to, you got to find something for him to do there. And Cena's got to find a way to WrestleMania. <clears throat> but at the same time, you guys, yeah, I mean, I don't you think it's it's written in style. If they don't give, if they don't give the fans Nakamura and Styles at WrestleMania. Oh, no, no. Oh, Nakamura's going to win no. that match. Yeah, Nakamura goes over. It just And then Cena this. again is left with, "How do I get to right. WrestleMania?" That's what I'm saying. Then why do you, why are you even why, I don't understand if if he's going as I just assume SmackDown was a hey we're having a problem over here. You know, they send in Super Cena every time to be the Band-Aid no. when a brand is bleeding. So I, I didn't I, I didn't jump to the conclusion that he's actually going to be in a match with Nakamura. And then, I, I guess and, and then, I hope And then eventually what happens is Cena just announces, well, I guess I don't get my WrestleMania moment. There's nothing left for me here. Dong. Uh, well, and that, that's how I, that it would work for me. Yeah, I, I think with that scenario. I, I love that. You know, it's... I think it all ties in. You got you got Cena soul searching. Who better just to step in there than the Undertaker? Uh, it's it's perfect tie-in. Well, I think you know for the going over in this match, we're all in agreement. I, I think probably ninety nine point nine percent of the fans out there are in agreement. If this is Roman's match to to win, what's what's the reaction going to be like? How is this going to be received? Um, I I have a four year old daughter. And the other day she fell down, she hit her knee and it started bleeding a little bit. So we went and we got a band-aid and we put it on and it was super cute and she didn't want to take it off for like three days. And then when it came time to take it off, she screamed and she cried and it hurt really bad. And then a couple hours later it was over. I expect that's what the reaction is going to be like when Roman Reigns wins the Elimination Chamber. I think since we're in the realm of analogies one time i was at a funeral it was i was at this guy's grandmother's funeral and the guy was sitting in the same row as me 
And right in the middle of the service, his cell phone rang, which, you know, is understandable. But what was most appalling is that then he answered it in the middle of his grandmother's funeral. The feeling I had in my stomach at that moment is what I think the people in the arena will feel when Roman Reigns advances to the WrestleMania main event. Shame, disgust, appalled. I, I don't. I, there, there'll be a lot of things, but I think the greater reaction will be Monday night on Raw when he walks out and he gets the similar WrestleMania type reaction, post Undertaker reaction. I, I think they will be ready to kill him the next night on Raw. Where is Raw the next night? Is it in Vegas? That, that was. That's what I was kind of wondering. I'm not exactly sure, but I did want to, you know, mention we saw we we've seen the reports the dismal ticket sales for this Elimination Chamber event. Uh, it is in Vegas, so they're going to paper the hell out of that town. Oh. It could play the Ro- well. It could play the Roman's advantage that a gr- a large portion of this crowd really doesn't care about, you know, professional wrestling. Perhaps you know this might just be something to do. A good time. Let's go check out the spectacle. They might not have that, you know, that extreme distaste towards him that most fans do. I wish it, I didn't it didn't know where Raw was Raw the next night. Because, I mean, if it's in like Frisco or L.A. or, you know, somewhere in California, or something, he'll go over fine. But, you know, if they were in like Chicago or Philly or something the night after Elimination Chamber and he comes over, you know, goes over everybody strong, boy, the next night coming out, they just, they barbecue him. Yeah, I, I think, uh, Jargo, are you looking there? I think that's I'm trying there. to find it, but I'm not seeing it here. Um, Brock Lesnar is, is being advertised for Monday. Oh, there we go. Anaheim. Uh, that, that be, oh, they're in Anaheim, so they're going yeah, back to California. So yeah. So they, they, he could be protected there. And I, hey, you know, it's not like the last time when he went over to Rumble and Philly just ripped him apart. You know, this is this isn't that same type of crowd. He he might be okay in Vegas, uh, but you know, there is going to be that reaction from around the internet wrestling community. Uh, I think it's it's going to be complete outrage. Uh, that sweeps through the internet, the, the message boards, the dirt sheets, the, the discussion groups. It, it's going to make for a very entertaining uh, evening, to say the least. They love that, though. I mean, honestly, I really do think that they get off on pissing off the internet people. They get off on pissing off guys like us. I really believe that. And I think the Roman Reigns thing has now become one big F you to guys like us who go, just try something different. Do something different. Let's. This isn't working. Redirect whatever you're trying to say. But I really do believe it. They want to hear these people in the crowd go nuts and be pissed. I really believe it. Now, at this point, it's become a cat and mouse game with the fans. I really believe that. The, here, here's, here's my final thoughts on it, okay? The, the, the WWE war on fans has been going on for many years now. And the response from the WWE is basically, it doesn't matter. Fuck you. We're recording record profits. And my response has always been, yeah, wait until the next TV contract negotiation. I agree. And they say that they are looking for $400 million. And the number that I keep seeing floated around is $246 million. So you want to know? What your war on the fans got you? Negative $154 million. And I'd heard two and a quarter actually was the figure that was being busted around there. You know, I, I mean, obviously they're going to have to downsize over the next few years, which is going to be good for wrestling. Um, but yeah, the, the war on fans almost seems to be 
they have this this theory of it's it's almost like the the petroleum companies with gasoline. We're gonna make it, and you're gonna buy it because you really need it. Sometimes, and, and that's almost the, the mentality. Sometimes it's not about the money that you make; it's about the money that you left on the table, and they left a lot of money on the table. Absolutely, Rick. You know about all that leaving money on the table. You're a big gambler, so. You should be out in Vegas there tomorrow night with the guys out in the Elimination Chamber letting it ride, brother. Uh, there, we, the Vegas trip is coming up, you know, because we, we got the March Madness on, on the way. Uh, that's usually the time when Vegas comes calling, my friend. Uh, Make sure you go get one of them disco hand jobs. Boom. <laughs> oh, jeez, man. R- wrap it up here. Uh, overall, I really thought uh, Rick was the kind of guy that we, he's such a wholesome family guy. I thought he'd be out at like Circus Circus and hanging out, you know. Yeah, there we go. You know, I, I didn't know when we st- when we started this episode, uh, this was going to turn into a handicap match. Uh, so so why don't, let's go ahead and wind it down here with you. Asshole. You're a beautiful man, Rick. You're a beautiful man. It's just jokes, baby. Just hey, jokes. Over, overall thoughts for the show here. I mean, what's what do you think we're going to? Uh, well, obviously, we're going to be sour on Roman going over here, but everything else that's happening that's going to come out of the chamber, what's the feeling going to be like on Monday morning, Jargo? Well, you'll be able to find out our feeling Monday morning in the locker room over at hackerhameen.podbean.com as Rick and I will be joined, hopefully, by the reporter of the people, Big Ray Hernandez, as we break down all of the events from the Elimination Chamber. As far as my anticipation going into the Elimination Chamber on a 1 to 5 scale, I've got it at about a, uh, I gotta get out of bed for this. That's that's pretty much my anticipation. I, this could be a really good show. This could be a very important show. They could set up the next six months worth of programming on this show. Unfortunately, WWE has not had the track record in the past, oh, I don't know, five or six years to make me think that that's what they're going to do. And I just expect a B-rate pay-per-view. I, I think we're going to be one or the other. Uh, my my level of anticipation is very high because I think a lot of interesting things are going to happen. Uh, but at the same time, I think it's going to be very hit or miss. It's it's going to be we're either going to be swimming in an ocean of chocolate or in the middle of a diuretic shitstorm. So uh, especially if we hear an announcement that Stephanie McMahon is going to be climbing into the ring or, uh, you know, we have a really terrible ending and Roman goes over, you know, if they have a bad match and Roman goes over, then you're cheating the fans doubly, you know? So I think, I think. Isn't the worst result that could possibly happen tomorrow? Anybody but Roman winning. Isn't that like the worst possible result? Like, just do it. Just fucking get it over with so we can move on. Like, don't try to swerve us here. Don't put over Seth Rollins. Don't put over Finn Balor. Don't tr- and then don't turn around and screw him out of it here in a couple of weeks just to put Roman. Just just fucking do it already. Right? Yeah, I think I think I think and I think they are. I think that hopefully they're they're not going to try to pull the the hocus pocus shit, you know, that they they've done in the past. The best thing that that they can really do, as you said, is we we kind of let that match be set in stone and let them have the Roman thing, and then give me a great card full of great surprises and positive things for WrestleMania in the stuff around it. I'll give you Lesnar and Roman in a probably a not very good main event at WrestleMania if you set up a great WrestleMania card with the events surrounding the main event of the night. Well said, sir. Jargo, what do you got to plug? As always, you can find me across all social media platforms at not Jargo. You can find Rick and I's show hitting the marks on Twitter at HTMPWPod on Facebook at hitting the marks. Shoot us an email at hitting the marks at gmail.com. Like I said, we'll be back in the locker room this Monday. 
breaking down the Elimination Chamber, which means that we actually have to watch this show. I don't have any way I can actually sleep through it because we have to break it down the next day. I feel so ripped off. At least, like, Ryan can just watch the highlights. Ryan, how do people find you on Twitter? People find me at Ryan K. Bowman, and that's B-O-M-A-N. Not even my own local hometown paper that asked me to write for them knows how to spell my last name correctly, apparently. So that byline is B-O-M-A-N, at Ryan K. Bowman on Twitter. You can find me at thegorillaposition.com, at our Facebook page, thegorillaposition.com. Um, just about everywhere, onewrestling.com and the Miami Herald. So I'm a little bit everywhere. I, 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 all I spend my life in a dungeon writing. I'm one of those marks. I'm one of those marks in a basement, man. That's Yes, ask the wrestlers. That's all we do. We live in our parents' basement. That's what I do. Write all day long. I write about Rick Vickery and Michael Jargo and their tremendous show. Again, my name is Rick Vickery. Find me across all social media platforms at The Real RBV. Be sure to head over to the Hami Media Discussion Group on Facebook for our Elimination Chamber Pickup Challenge and event discussion threads. Uh, you know what, guys? Now let's kick it over to This Week in Pro Wrestling History. Last week, Eric Bischoff invited me to be a part of Survivor Series, to be a part of the Elimination Chamber match, to have a chance at the World Heavyweight Championship. Decisions, decisions, decisions. Well, the answer is... Triple H, I can assure you, I'm walking out of the garden, walking out of that chamber match, the new world heavyweight champion. Shawn Michaels is in, and he's coming to be the world's champion at Survivor Series. With Shawn Michaels stamping his name as the final competitor in the first ever elimination chamber, the main event at Survivor Series was set. Six Raw superstars would battle for the World Heavyweight Championship, held by Triple H. Taking place inside the 16-foot-high, unpredictable structure, weighing 10 tons of pure pain. In the past three months, I had beaten everybody that was placed before me, gone through every obstacle. But was it good enough? No, it wasn't. Tonight, Inside of 10 tons of steel, I will go up against five of the very best ever. I will walk out still the world heavyweight champion because I am that damn good. History with Paul Arzola. All right, everybody. This is the weekend edition of This Week in Professional Wrestling History. I figured we would talk about the Elimination Chamber, which is going on this weekend. So here's a little bit of history behind the Elimination Chamber. It was introduced by Eric Bischoff in November of 2002 at the Survivor Series. 
The original structure was 16 feet high, 36 feet in diameter, with two miles of chain, weighing 10 tons. Now, the current ch chamber weighs 16 short tons and cost $250,000. There have been a total of 20 elimination chamber matches since its inception in November 2002. This match has combined elements of the Hell in a Cell, the Royal Rumble, Survivor Series, and War Games. Little known fact, Chris Jericho holds the distinction of being in the most chambers to date, with a total of eight, and eliminating the most uh, participants in the chamber matches, the total of ten. Triple H has the most victories with four. Another interesting note, there have been 64 superstars who have been in the Elimination Chamber match. Six of those are, the, are Hall of Famers. Kurt Angle, Edge, Goldberg, Booker T, Kevin Nash, and Shawn Michaels, which Shawn Michaels won the first Elimination Chamber match in 2002. The World Heavyweight Championship has been contested in seven matches, the WWE Championship in six. The ECW, the Intercontinental, and the Tag Team Championships have all been defended in the Animal Elimination Chamber once. There have been four matches for the number one contendership for the WWE and World Heavyweight titles. There was two in 2008 and one in 2011 and also one in 2013. Everybody can follow me on Twitter at LoneWolfPMA. You can also find me on Facebook. Just search for Paul Arzola. A-R-Z-O-L-A. -A. We'd like to thank Paul for that history lesson. As always, we would like to thank Mr. Ryan K. Bowman of TheGorillaPosition.com for joining us this week. Rick and I are off like a prom dress until Monday when we will join you back in the locker room over at HackerHameen.Podbean.com. Enjoy the Elimination Chamber. For now, we're off like a prom dress. See ya! <laughs>
fuck it It's hard to keep the dream alive 